Hey there, King and Kings family. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday Sermons. I'm Dan Hoppin. Alongside me is Caleb Hack. And thanks for checking out this episode this morning. This is our weekly look back at the King and Kings message from Sunday, where we try and pull out some extra insights, offer a little additional perspective on what was preached. And this week, we're going to continue to move through the book of 1 Thessalonians. Our lead pastor, Greg Griffith, kind of got out the magnifying glass and looked a little bit more closely at some of the content in chapters two and three. So Caleb, let's let's start with the big question. What's going to last in this message for you beyond Sunday? Well, I think the main thing I'll take away from this message is that Pastor Greg said he hates Lego. <laughs> he did. Oh, he actually said <laughs> he, Legos. He said Legos with an S He's too. Which incorrectly. It's yeah. very not right. They're Lego, the plural of Lego is Lego, just so you know. But anyway, that's kind of my joke for the day. But <laughs> I think uh, I'll take away, you know, the the main point of the message being that we're under spiritual attack mm-hmm. and Satan's always working against us and we need to do something about it. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre to think about the concept of spiritual warfare because our lives often just seem so mundane, like nothing's oh, at happening. at times, for sure. And yet constantly there are beings, both good and evil, that are, you know, fighting for and against us, trying to tempt us or help us resist temptation. Have you ever read the book, The Screwtape Letters? Yes, actually, I have, yeah. Yeah, very, very good book by C.S. Lewis. I'd highly encourage um, anyone listening to to check it out. We actually just did that in one of my men's Bible studies, but it's a, a book of like letters back and forth between Satan and one of his demons and how the demon is trying to tempt uh, like the main character of the book. It's a fascinating read. It's also a terrifying read <laughs> because oh, yeah. it kind of makes you think about just that reality. Uh, what what was it about that that really stood out to you from the sermon? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to think about like where the enemy is attacking us in our lives because we don't always see it or perceive it. And we know that God's at work in our lives and sometimes we just forget, oh yeah, Satan is too. And they're, you know, opposed and they're trying to pull us in different directions. And there's only one right way. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. And so we have to be aware of, you know, the ways that we're being tempted or the ways that um, we're being drawn farther away from Jesus. And in my own life, that kind of looks different at different times. Maybe it's I'm struggling with a certain emotion or I'm struggling with a certain person or, you know, I'm just feeling weary about work or something like that. Any of those things can really wear on you and your spiritual life. Well, and the scary thing is like the more, the more in tune that you are with the Holy Spirit and the more that you're like doing, the harder Satan comes after you because he sees you as a threat. And I think that that's something that something that stood out to me. If you look at First Thessalonians three two to three, Paul is telling the people at Thessalonica, "We sent Timothy, who is our brother and coworker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them." I mean, that last sentence there: "We are destined for trials." As followers of Christ. Yeah, there, there, there's yeah. no escaping it. No, no. I think there's examples all over scripture where 
we're told you are going to go through trials and tribulations and things aren't always going to be easy. You know, that's true of anyone in any, you know, with any background at all or any culture, any faith, you know, religion. But like, especially for Christians to see how our culture, I think, is becoming more post-Christian of a culture. You know, it's easy to to, to look around and say, I want to belong in the world. I want to do these things and lose our focus on God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, I was just astounded by, I mean, if you read this passage, so what we're looking at here is 1 Thessalonians 2, 17 to uh, 1 Thessalonians 3, 8, I believe it is, or no, 3.13, my bad. But anyway, if you read that so many times, like Paul sounds like like an obsessed girlfriend, like <laughs> t- t- talking about, you know, it, her or her boyfriend who's like away at college or something. I mean, he is so intentional about he's, saying. He's always checking up on the Thessalonians. Yes, yeah. we are thinking of you. We are praying for you. I cannot wait till the next time I get to see you. I sent Timothy to check I, on I you. I sent Timothy <laughs> to make sure you're doing okay. And I'm like, on one hand, I'm just kind of like, okay, okay. like that's, that, that's great to love a brother, but man, chill, dude. But I think what he says, I mean, it, w- it was kind of convicting to me a little bit. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 17 to 18, he says, For what is hope or joy or the crown in which we glory in the presence of our Lord when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. And I was just like, to call someone your glory and joy, who's not, you know, your spouse, who's not a a child, seems pretty odd. Especially considering Paul, I believe, had only known these people a couple of months at this point. But then, I mean, when you start looking through the Bible, there are other examples of this. Like John fifteen twelve, it says. Jesus says, love others as I have loved you. And there's no greater expression of love than Jesus. And he's calling us to do that to other people. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, do everything in love, which means every time you're interacting with someone else, you're showing them love and you're loving them. So yeah, at first, it seems like Paul's being a little over the top, maybe even a little wild here. But that's something that's repeated through scripture again and again. And I was just thinking about that. Like, I don't, like, I think I love my wife on that level. I don't think there's anyone else in my life who I would look at and say, indeed, you are my glory and joy. And for him to just say that to a a grand swath of people, it just kind of, I mean, that's just love to another level. It kind of blew my mind a little bit. Well, if if you are putting your wife on that level, I commend you because oftentimes it's me. I'm loving me well, first. Well, yes, I, I <laughs> love myself first far too often. Well, and, and that's where we hear in scripture, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Like, who are you putting first? Usually it's yourself. And if you love your neighbor as yourself, what would that look like? And how can you you know, really be the person to show them the way to Jesus. And that's where, you know, you find your glory. And that's, that's in, in spiritual terms, you know, that's, that's what needs to come first in our lives. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. You actually said something really interesting when we were discussing this in our connect group. I think it was you about a week ago, because I, I was really trying to just voice my, uh, 
just astonishment at, at, you know, at this, you know, this thought of, of loving people like this. And you brought up that you'd gone on um, mission trips mm. to other countries where the situation is a little bit more dire. Like Christianity is not the overwhelming faith. And a lot of times people are being persecuted for their faith in Christ. Um, you know, maybe they aren't even allowed to live it out publicly. And those people are much closer together because they're fighting for a common cause and they're not comfortable. In America, we're just so comfortable that it's hard to find love like that because if we want, we can go, you know, we can go to work and then we can go home and shut off and we don't have to worry about other, loving other people. We can have a faith without that. Can you maybe expound on that idea a little bit more? Yeah, no, we've definitely talked before about how we're just kind of in our own little bubble here in the United States of comfort. And stepping outside of that is hard. And it's hard to love your neighbor, especially if you don't even know their names, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so I I did grow up uh, in youth group. We would do a mission trip every summer. Um, and so I got to go to Mexico, to Canada. I think we just went to South Dakota one year. And then I went to Hong Kong three times. And so that is amazing to have those experiences of a worldwide church, a worldwide perspective to go to other countries like Hong Kong, where, um, you know, the majority is not Christian. And, you know, it's maybe not in the United States either, but we're not feeling pressure like other places in the world right now. Um, and so to have that experience and to build relationships with people that um, are on the other side of the world that I'm still like Facebook friends with and, you know, will talk to each other from time to time and and to know that we have that faith in common is amazing and to think of Paul doing that being the first person really to go on these major mission trips and to plant churches and to build up the believers in different cities all across uh, uh, western asia over there it's really really unique to to think about how god works through us and in us and it was cool to hear that in in greg's message too because he he just got back from his long trip as well yep yeah honestly it, looking at the future of america like it worries me hmm. a little bit because we're not growing closer together I, we're growing farther apart faster and I was actually, you know, kind of as we're recording this, one of the big fads and things of fascination in pop culture right now is this thing called the Apple Vision Pro. Have you seen this? I think so, yeah. It's, yeah a, the... it's a new virtual reality thing by Apple, obviously. You stick it on your face. It looks super goofy, but it's really cool. It is like the next step in, they don't even call it virtual reality. They call it mixed reality. And it is supposed to be like the next step in spatial computing. So you put this thing on and it is like an immersive experience. It turns movies into 3D events that are like happening all around you. And you can, if you're using your computer, you can like interact with the desktop and everything with your hands. It's really cool. But I was listening to this podcast. I, I know you're not going to believe that, Caleb, but I listen to podcasts. <laughs> Every day, Dan tells me something about a I podcast. Feel like, I feel like about a quarter of the sentences I start when I'm talking to Caleb is I was listening to a podcast. But anyway, th this it was not in the Christian context at all, but this was just uh, someone who observes social trends. And he, he was worried about this thing because he's just like, what is it going to look like when we when people are living you know, large swaths of their life on this thing? And I just think 
the world is going to continue to, and especially our culture here in America, is going to continue to get more and more isolated where it's going to be harder and harder to find this type of love that Paul has. And we just have to be super intentional about creating relationships with one another, about being in small groups with one another, about sharing each other's lives because the world is going to tell us, just strap this thing on your head you live a hard life, strap this thing on your head and just lose yourself for a couple hours. It's okay. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely part of our issue is materialism. And that's one way I think Satan really has a hold on our culture is that we just want more and more. We want better and better. And, uh, you know, keeping up with the Joneses really. And so it's interesting, you know, in his message, Pastor Greg talked about moving from influence to leadership. And everybody has influence. And the statistic that he gave, which astounded me, was that the average person in their lifetime will influence over 80,000 people. That's wild. And you're like, wow, I can barely think of like 10 people who I can name. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe more than that. But uh, but it's just in small ways too. Like even walking through the grocery store, if somebody sees what you're wearing and they're like, oh, that's cool. Or they see you pick something out or, you know, or maybe it's, you know, our online footprint, which has really expanded our realm of influence now. Um, you know, we have influence on people and the Holy Spirit's going to work through us. You know, you think about the 80,000 people, but even if just one of those people is somebody that you have shared your faith with then that's influence for a positive uh, outcome where maybe they get to hear about Jesus. And so moving from influence to leadership, it's not just saying I'm going to let you know, my actions be interpreted however they might be, but, but actually being intentional about having conversations with people. I love that. And that's actually you know, our second question that we ask every week is how do I apply this message to my life? That was kind of my main takeaway that I had, Caleb, in that I mean, not, I don't, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I have a great deal of, of social influence on social media. Like I'm a, I'm a food influencer oh, yeah. I, with, with local restaurants and stuff. Um, and I have a lot of fun with that. I love being able to show just the cool things that chefs do. And I have a ton of followers like. Go check out Restaurant Hoppin' if you haven't already. If you want to, yeah, sure. And this It's all very embarrassing to me. But <laughs> regardless, like, I, I, I do humbly accept that I have a following. And a couple months ago, I started just posting a daily Bible verse every day on both Instagram and on Twitter. And people started interacting with it. And some people were like, ah, I don't like this, stick to food, like I'm not here for Jesus. But a lot of other people have come back and said, like, thank you for posting that. I needed that verse today. So what I'm going to take away from this message is reminding myself that, yes, I have influence. How can I use that for Jesus? Like, yes, I, I believe that he uses my ability to get people to get out and go to different restaurants and, and try different foods and, um, you know, help chefs in that way. I think that that's very good. But I want to be more intentional about taking this following that I have and injecting a little bit more Jesus into my messaging. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, Pastor Greg gave three ways that we, or three things we can kind of do as well that I, I really liked. So the number one was to pray for one another. 
um, especially for unity. And we see so many examples of Paul doing that in his letters too. You can even pray one of those prayers. The second thing was to rejoice with one another. And then the third thing was to hold each other accountable. Um, I think I sometimes struggle with rejoicing. So, you know, with the, the Clifton strengths things that, you know, we've taken and stuff like that, you know, I've got what is there? 32 strengths, I think, I something like so. that. 32, 33. And everybody's like got different strengths and stuff. Like positivity was my dead last one. Really? <laughs> Which is so funny. It's my wife's number one, but it was my dead last. It's my number one. Well, there you go. We're me total and, opposites April on the there. same page. Yeah, yeah. So it's super funny because like I'm, I'm more of like that realist kind of, that's how I view things. Like, you know, things happen and it's just whatever happens, happens to me. I don't go out of my way to really rejoice in the small things. So for me, it could be just, you know, sharing, you know, what's happening in my life that God's doing, being a little bit more open about that and celebrating other people and what God's doing in their lives. So I want to be really more intentional with that. Nice. Well, listeners, Caleb just gave you three very tangible takeaways from Greg's message. Um, I would just encourage you to identify one of those three and say, how does that apply to my life? What could I do to use and leverage my influence, whether you think you have great influence or not, you do. And you can point people away from Jesus or towards Jesus or just completely neutral. And I think we all know what we want to be doing with that influence that we have. Thanks as always for listening. Let's keep living our faith lives beyond Sunday. 